you guys uh, have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and open with me to Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, looking at uh, verses 19 through 24. And, and as you're turning there, um, what are some of the things we've talked about in the book of Matthew so far? Anyone? What, what, what's, what's something you remember from Matthew so far? Yeah. The Beatitudes, okay. What did what the Beatitudes mean? Okay. All right. So I heard someone else. So, so, so revenge, or who said that? You said revenge. Okay. What else do you remember from Matthew? Marriage. Okay. We talked about marriage and divorce. Someone else. Yeah. The oaths, right? Like your word, right? What is it? What does it look like for us to take uh, oaths or promises as followers of Christ? Okay. And so as we as we look in at Matthew, I mean, there's there's a a ton of stuff really that. That you cover from the beginning. I mean, you look at the beginning of Matthew. I just want to remember, how's Matthew start out? Huh? What's 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 how's Matthew start out? The genealogy of Jesus. So, if you were going to say what the subject of the book of Matthew was, what would you say? Based on how it starts, it's Jesus, right? It's Jesus. I mean, we're we're talking about marriage and divorce. We're talking about revenge. We're talking about, um, you know, what what was it you just said? Uh, Beatitudes, right? But but ultimately, all, all of this comes back to Jesus, right? This is His Word, John one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word of God, and that is our focus. As we go through the book of Matthew, whether we're talking about divorce, whether we're talking about uh, revenge or oaths or any of these things, it always goes back to Christ. And tonight, our text is going to ask a really pointed question of you. And I'm just going to go ahead and give you the question at the beginning. And the question is this. Do you treasure Christ? Do you treasure Christ in your life? Look at verse 19 with me. Matthew chapter 6. If you're there, say word. I said, if you're there, say word. All right, here we go. He says, this is Jesus speaking. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so as we look at this passage here, Jesus really sets this whole thing up, and he lays out two different treasures for us. Right? He says there's two treasures. All right? And the first treasure is this, earthly. We got earthly treasure. So what is it? Earthly treasure? It's temporary, right? Earthly treasure is temporary. It's, it's here today and, and gone tomorrow. 
It is the treasure that uh, Jesus says that moths will eat, that rust will wear down, that thieves will steal. It is the material possessions and valuables of this world. The second treasure, heavenly. Heavenly treasure, what is it? It's, it's, it's eternal, right? Heavenly treasure does not wither. It's not a vapor that comes and goes, but it's permanent. And it's not only permanent treasure, but it's incorruptible, right? This is a treasure that moths cannot eat, a treasure that rust cannot permeate and dissolve, right? Heavenly treasure is a treasure that a thief cannot break in and steal. Jesus says there's two treasures, earthly and heavenly. One's good, one's bad. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. That word lay up, it, it means to store, right? To, 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 to accumulate, to, to heap up, right? It's like if my son Canaan uh, is getting um, all of his cars and he just kind of puts them in this huge pile, right? There's just this huge mound of these like Hot Wheels cars, right? He's just uh, accumulated them and, and heaped them up. And it, it, we see here that uh, he says, don't do that with earthly treasure. Don't lay up, don't store up earthly treasure. So we have to ask ourselves the questions, right? What is earthly treasure? Not, not just in general like we just spoke about, right? The, these, these things that moths can steal and, or moths can eat and rust can destroy and thieves can steal. But what is the specific of earthly treasure, right? What does earthly treasure in our lives look like? And let's take some of those examples that Jesus gave, right? So first, Jesus says what? He brings moths into the picture. Why, why does he bring moths? Into, anyone ever had an encounter with a moth before? Charlie? Yeah? Where, 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 have, you, where have you seen moths before? Camping? So, okay, have you ever had a, um, a sleeping bag that a moth got to? No? Okay. Well, Huh? Yeah, if you did, you no longer have it, right? Because the moth ate it. Moths will ruin clothes, upholstery, curtains, carpets, beds. I mean, they will eat animal fur if they find it, right? I, I looked it up. They won't eat it off of the animal, but like if it sheds, they'll, they'll go back and, and so don't worry about your dog getting eaten by moths, but you know, all that, all that shedding, they will go back and eat the fur. And, and, and so... For a lot of us, okay, maybe you don't have curtains. Maybe you got curtains. I don't know. Scott, Pastor Scott does not have curtains in his office, but that's a sidebar. But, you know, you don't have houses that are yours. You don't have really upholstery. So when we think about moths, we're ta- let's think about clothes, right? Anybody be on- honest enough to say, yeah, I might have an unhealthy relationship with clothes? Would there, the, any, anybody so, so honest to say, um, and, and here's the thing, there's probably a, a large number of us who fall into that category, and the thing is your wallet will reflect that, right? Uh, the, your wallet will prove uh, your unhealthy relationship, and even you guys who don't work, you know it's a problem when the second you do get some money, somehow, some way, someone gave you money, you found something in the gutter, like in Charlie the Chocolate Factory, uh, that instantly goes towards close. Um, but, but, but what do clothes do for us, right? Well, one, clothes, they make us presentable, right? Generally speaking, we, we don't go out in the public 
without clothes on. I guess that's not that's not acceptable. So they make us presentable to other people, but but more than that, clothes can earn us favor with other people, right? Right? I mean, the the clothes you're wearing say something generally about who you are or how you view yourself. They can earn favor from other people. Clothes, particularly expensive clothes, can be a status symbol, right? You're walking around with some LeBrons on. Everybody knows that's the best shoe out there, right? So you're, you, you know, that that's obviously you're gonna be a really cool guy if you got LeBrons. And so, uh, you know, we see clothes they they present this this status symbol. It says that's moss. What about rust? A lot of you guys, high schoolers, you're, you're starting to drive. You're getting your licenses. Um, you're getting cars. I'm going to be car, not plural. But you, you've got a car. Um, maybe you've got a dream car in your head, right? There's this car in your head. You don't own it right now, but you see it. You want it. Jesus says it won't last. That dream car that you see, that dream car is not going to last. When we lived in Ohio, Emily, you can say, um, when, uh, when we lived up in Cleveland, the cars up there, the salt they would put on the roads for, for all of the snow that would come, the salt would literally rust away the undercarriage of the cars to the point where Emily's dad, I was looking at getting a new car, and he said, don't get a car here. He said, drive down south and get a car down there because they don't have the salt damage. Yeah. Yeah, he said, don't get a car up here. And and literally, what I was trying to think the other night, babe, um, we drove to the beach. What fell off your dad's car? When we were going to Rehoboth. And we were going to Rehoboth, and we had to stop because he was his truck just something. Like literally, it was like a, like a cylinder, like some part of his car's engine just fell out on the road because it had literally rusted from the underneath. And and so we're we're on the way to the beach, and we just have to stop like two hours in because his car, his truck just broke down because it, it rusted away. These things that these possessions we put our trust in, these things, Jesus says they're not going to last. In fact, you don't even have to worry about rust for cars. My first car was a Mustang, right? Dream car, loved it, wrecked it into a tree, destroyed half of it. Okay, so you don't even have to wait for the rust. We know that these things are temporary. Then he says, where thieves break in and steal. Right? And you can fill in the blank here. Right? What won't thieves steal? Um, when I was in college, um, I rented a small house with a couple guys. And, uh, and, and, and one day, one of my roommates came home for lunch. And he opens the door up. And he's walking past our TV. It's mounted on the wall. And he sees it's unplugged. He's like, that's kind of weird. Right? Maybe one of the guys was trying to do something and just forgot to plug the TV back in. He walks a little bit further, goes into the kitchen. Uh-oh, shattered glass everywhere. I mean, just just broken glass, just pieces all across the kitchen floor, blood. Apparently, the per- uh, we'd been robbed, okay? We'd been robbed. And the, and the guy didn't even use a rock or something to break the window. He must have just punched his hand through it because he got blood everywhere. But um, but, but so he comes in and, and I mean we've been robbed, right? I mean, and and they tried to take our our TV off the wall, but they couldn't figure out the wall mounts. So we were able to keep that TV. But guess whose TV was not mounted to the wall? My TV. So they stole my TV. They stole my Xbox. 
they stole uh, they stole my roommate's MacBook. They stole his handgun, right? So I mean, they ended up taking about five thousand dollars worth of stuff from our house. Huh? <laughs> they left the LeBrons. They left the LeBrons. <laughs> That's don't worry about that. Um, but they they don't have good taste. They they punched the ha- they punched the window with their hand. Okay. Um, uh, they must be uh, Michael fans. Okay, never mind. Um, so the reality is that Jesus here is providing three examples. Moth, rust, thieves. And he's not providing an exhaustive list, right? The point is not for you to go back and think, okay, okay, what do moths not eat? What does rust not destroy? What can thieves not steal? I got it. I got it. I'm going to get a giant block of tongues and steel, Right? Let's get his tungsten steel, and the moths can't eat it, and it won't ever rust, and it's too dense and heavy. No thief's going to be able to walk away with it. No, no, that's, that's not the point. Right? This is not meant to be an exhaustive list. What Jesus is saying is don't store up, don't heap up earthly temporary treasure in this life that's ultimately going to result in nothing. Right? Even, even if the things in your life remain for a time, your life is a vapor. Right? You're not promised tomorrow. You are here for a time and gone. So Jesus says, rather than instead of storing and accumulating earthly treasures, he says, lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. Eternal treasures, permanent treasures. God's word speaks of rewards that the Lord will give to those who serve him faithfully. Listen to a couple scriptures here. If you go a little bit further to Matthew chapter 10, in verse 41, Matthew 10, 41, says, The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. 2 Timothy 4, 8, Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me but also to all who have loved his appearing. Revelations 22.12, Behold, I am coming soon. This is Jesus saying, Jesus talking about coming back. He says, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. So on, on top of all of these things, there is the reward of eternal life. Or on top of all these other possible heavenly rewards you might receive, there is the ultimate reward of eternal life and time spent in the presence and pleasures of God. Jesus says, store up for yourselves heavenly treasure. And so as, as we think about this, right, what is heavenly treasure? How, how do we do that? How do, I, how do I accumulate it, right? Can I put heavenly treasure into a pile? Can I heap that up like some Hot Wheels? Like, what does that look like? Listen to a few more passages here. 1 Corinthians 10.31, you should know it. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do what? Do all to the glory of God. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. What we see throughout the scriptures is that as we live, when we live as Jesus desires, when we serve him, when we obey his commandments, we store up heavenly treasure. 
as you are denying yourself and submitting your life to Christ and what He desires. You're, you're denying your earthly sinful desires and you are pursuing Christ and you're walking and living in Christ. You are storing up heavenly treasure. But why do we do this? Why does Jesus say, don't, he says, don't lay up treasures permanent, or don't lay up earthly treasures, lay up heavenly treasures that won't rust, that the moth won't eat, that the thief can't steal, but why? Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so ask yourself the question, where is your treasure? Because whatever our treasure is, right? Whatever we, uh, whatever we, we value the most, whatever we treasure the most, whatever we pursue the most, Jesus says that's what has your heart. That's where your heart is, right? And he's not just talking about the, the material things. Um, in this passage, Matthew 6, Jesus has really hit on two of the major temptations we face as humans. Right, if you go back into the first 18 verses of this chapter, which we looked at briefly last week, um, Jesus is talking about, uh, he's teaching us about giving, about praying, about fasting. But in all three of those things, his focus is on the motive for why we are doing those things. Right, For the Pharisees, he said the Pharisees were only doing those things so that other people would look at them and think they were righteous. The Pharisees were only doing those things so that they could receive the praise of man. And Jesus says to them, they got the reward. Good job. You, you, other people looked at you and thought you were righteous. You, they thought you were nice. They praised you in the streets. That's all you get. They got earthly treasure that was here today and gone tomorrow. And what Jesus says is rather, instead of that, what do you do? Well, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. But give it in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't shout out on the streets with long words and fancy you know, phrases. Go into your closet and shut the door and pray in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you fast, don't make yourself look miserable and sick. Don't, don't talk about how your stomach hurts. When you fast, put your makeup on, put your game face on, smile. Don't let people know, do it in secret. Why? Because your father who sees in secret will reward you. Are you obsessed with the temptation of pleasing people? Do you find yourself chasing their approval? Honestly, I think, I think we're all prone to this temptation, right? And, and so Jesus says, right, here, here's the first temptation. These, these, uh, these Pharisees, they're pursuing the praise of man. They're pursuing pleasing others. And then here, as we look in verses 19 to 24, I think he brings in another major temptation, which is our obsession with silly, worthless, earthly, temporary treasures. I mean, we love our hobbies, don't we? We love our social media, our TikTok. We love our video games. 
We love our sports. We love our TV shows. We love our book series. We love our hobbies. We love our activities. Those things that, that take up our time. We love our possessions. We love our money. right? Even if you don't have a lot of money, we love our money. There was a, a young man who came up to Jesus. And he asked Jesus, hey, what do I need to do to receive eternal life? And this man, he was rich. I mean, he had everything but eternity. So he goes to Jesus, he says, hey, what do I need to do? How can I receive eternal life? And Jesus says to him, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He was possessed by his possessions. He did not want to give them up. He didn't want to give up his earthly treasures for treasure in heaven. So where is your treasure? Because wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. That's what's got your heart, right? Whatever you, whatever you treasure most in this life, that's what's captivated you. Many of us would say that, that we treasure Jesus, but what does the fruit of your life reveal? What do your actions and attitudes tell you about what you treasure? Because when our hearts are pursuing the praise of people and the things of this world, they cannot pursue Jesus. So do you treasure Jesus? Is, that, is, is He someone that you value above all other things? Do you, do you crave time in His Word? Do you long for time to be around His church and His body? Do you speak about Him frequently because you love Him? Do you speak to Him in prayer? Do you submit your will and your life to Him? Or are you captured and captivated by the things and the distractions of this world? Because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Look at verse 22. Verse 22, Jesus is talking about two treasures, and now he's going to give us an analogy. He's talking about two eyes. Two eyes. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Right. So track of Jesus. Track with him. He says, hey, there's two eyes, a healthy eye and an unhealthy eye. And Jesus uses a simple analogy here. He says that the eye is the lamp of the body. And they would have had something like an oil lamp or, um, you know, let, let, they got a kind of the olive oil in there, a little wick popping up like an Aladdin movie. You guys have probably, anyone ever seen a kerosene lamp before? Okay, yeah, I didn't think most people. So here, we're going to make this simpler. Think of a flashlight, all right? Nick's lamp, flashlight. Everyone good at flashlight? Okay, so we got a flashlight. Um, have you ever had the power go out at your house at night? Right? Isn't that the worst? Like, I'm always amazed at how dark it gets. Um, but uh, so uh, what's the first thing we do when the power goes out? It's nighttime. What are we looking for? Flashlight. Wait, who said <laughs> Okay, flashlight's the right answer. I don't know what y'all said, but we're, we're looking for a flashlight. And uh, now let's say I've got a nice LED, like 10,000 lumens flashlight, right? I mean, it, it, I turn it on and it's like the sun, okay? It's daylight. Um, wh what happens? Am I able to see clearly? 
Am I able to know where to go? Okay, now what happens if I get that thing and the batteries are low? It'll be dim, right? You ever had that little flashlight where it's on, but it may as well not be, right? It shines like two inches in front of you, and so you're walking around like that. All right, that's, that's no good. What about if the batteries are dead, right? It's useless. It's worthless. The flashlight might as well, if the batteries are dead, the flashlight might as well be a stick because it's not going to help me at all. It can't show me what to do or where to go. I'm still stuck in darkness. And what Jesus says is that the eye is the flashlight of the body. The eye is the flashlight of the body. If you want to know if you have good batteries, then check your eye. What are you looking at? What are you focused on? Do you have a healthy eye? Focused on the right things, the heavenly things, eternal things? Or do you have an unhealthy eye? You all ever had something stuck in your eye? Isn't that horrible? Like, isn't that like the worst? To, I mean, you're, you're rubbing it, you're scratching it, pouring it, you pour water over it. Is that eye very useful? No. I mean, you, you can't even walk around. You're blinking. It's driving you crazy. It's useless. And Jesus says, do you have a healthy or an unhealthy eye? What are you focused on? The eye that is focused on Jesus is healthy. It will shine light into your life and show you what to do, where to go, what God desires for you. The eye that is focused on self and the things of this world is unhealthy and it leaves you in darkness. And Jesus finishes our passage here in verse 24, listens to his words. He says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And here's here's the hard truth for you guys to take in tonight. You cannot have it both ways. You cannot have all of uh, this silly obsession with earthly treasure and, and earthly pursuits and, and, and earthly activities and hobbies. You cannot harbor that obsession and also be obsessed with Christ. You cannot run after pursuing all the things of this world and at the same time be running full head over heels towards Jesus. You either love God and abandon the things that this world has to offer as worthless and temporary garbage. Or you love the world and you hate God. Either way, one of them is going to control you. You will be mastered by something. So are you submitting yourself to Christ as master of your life or to the world? So I ask you again, where, where is your treasure? What has your heart? What are you focused on? Right? What's, what, what, do you have a healthy or an unhealthy eye? And who are you submitting to in your life? I'm going to pray for us and we're going to break off into our discussion groups. I really want you guys to think through this and say, God, how is it, what are you directing me to do with this word now? God, I thank you 
uh, for this time in your word, Lord. I pray that you would speak now through our, our conversations, Lord, that you would show us how to walk in this word, how to apply it. God, that you would teach us what it means to store up heavenly treasures, to live our lives focused on you, and to submit our lives to your will. I ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.